Hello and welcome to the Xenothesis podcast. This is episode 40, in which we're discussing chapters 18 and 19 from part 2 Phoenix of book 2 Adulthood Rights of the uh, <clears throat> Xenogenesis Trilogy by Octavia Butler. My name is Richard Acton, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Michael Winkham. Hi, everyone. Um, hi, Richard. It's already episode 40 of our podcast. Like, bloody hell, the f- time is flying by <laughs> when you're having yeah, fun. Yeah, it goes quick, doesn't it? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, my goodness. And we're almost finished with this part as well. We only have like four or five chapters left yeah, yeah. until we're done. I think it's a, uh, this is a good, way through, um, a good way through the whole book, actually, in terms of the, the total uh, duration of it. I think it's a, it's a good chunk of it. Uh, mm. Yeah, it really is. Um, but, well, we still have two parts left in the book, right? Am I correct? I believe so, yes. Uh, and and they're, um, yeah. they're a, little, uh, a little shorter than this one, though. Right. And then, of course, book three. Indeed. So still a oh, lot yes. of still, episodes still of ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> still a lot of us talking about random stuff, going off tangent about talking about science and the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's, that's the whole point. Something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we eventually we'll have to start thinking about the series, the next series to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, to all our listeners, Richard is doing anything in his power, so I keep stay. I stay in the position that I am, and I cannot punish him for what he's doing, like keeping all the information off. Wait, me. It's 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 uh, not my fault. I read a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, like you and your audiobooks really help you to like do stuff simultaneously. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can really like read the books and you know get through them. Yeah, I mean, whereas I can't deal with audiobooks. So. <laughs> this is a legit life hack, right? Audiobooks are the are the way forward for consuming vast volumes of of content, right? <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I'm I'm trapped basically. For I'll be forever the the scrub. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, we we uh, we should try and see if we can find something to put me on the uh, on the other foot here, if if we can, because uh, that would be an interesting uh, experience. I'd like to try that. Be on the other end of it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to really find some bizarre um, old series that you have never heard of. I'll have to have a look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see if, see if you can find something. Uh, we, we should uh, make this a research project. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, you I'll you s- might have to just not tell me about it <laughs> to prevent me from... Yes, because you and me be like, oh yeah, I'll have the audiobooks for that. Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've listened to all of it. By the next time we record, it's just like, oh, God damn you. <laughs> But, but anyway, yeah, uh, just thought that uh, yeah, that, that's a uh, that's for a future a future problem. Right, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. <laughs> yeah, it's the future to. Michael and future Richard problem. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get to uh, maybe a chapter eighteen prediction. Yes. Um, so, I thought the this time it was pretty easy to guess the um, prediction was the village wakes up with the girls being gone, and Akin um, telling them that you know. They escaped uh, because of Nessie. Nessie. Yeah. I think H- we came however, to conclusion what's her pronunciation, but I forgot already. Yeah, let's, let's go with Nessie. Um, but yeah, it, it was an interesting. Um, it's, it's a little bit uh, slower these two chapters. Well, not slower per se, but uh, um, it's a bit more conversational than perhaps yes. uh, I might have expected. Right? You'd think kind of you know chaos with people looking for the kids, but it's a bit more of. Uh, uh, conversation between Akeen and Tate, pretty much. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And to be fair, the whole um, in the two chapters, the whole um, you know, the girls being gone, and you know, 
any punishment for Nessie for what she did. Nothing really is described that much. It's just sort of, it's more of a state within Akim mm-hmm. that's that's described here as such. But I guess let's get to mm-hmm. it. So the chapter 18 starts off where we left off last time. With Akin forcefully put asleep by the girls lying on the floor. Um, it's morning when Tate finds him and wakes him up. And here's an excerpt from a book. She awoke him by lifting him, uh, lifting him and uh, was startled when he grabbed her around the neck and would not let go. He did not cry or speak. He tasted her but did not study her. Later he realized he had actually tried to become her, to join with her as, mu- as he might with his closest sibling. Um, so... Of course, that was not possible. Like, Akin was basically looking for something that Amma and Schacht had, but what humans couldn't give him. Akin was attached to Tate, who didn't try to remove him anyway. And, you know, after some time, when he regained his senses, he finally withdrew from her. Uh, but by the time he did, Tate was sitting on the floor against the wall, holding him in her arms. And it's interesting, like, that that, that automatic response. It's It seems that... Um, humans haven't realized how serious that bond, like sibling bonding is for the construct and for the Onkali mm-hmm. uh, when they're born. Yeah, I think it's something that we've um, I mean, we've got quite a lot of emphasis on it in, in this book uh, and it wasn't really something yeah. that we uh, we didn't get it much in the previous one because we didn't have an Onkali perspective uh, so much mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, something that the humans don't really have a direct experience of so but uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's a it, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes right because it's uh it, there's definitely uh you know it's, it's being highlighted right it has a bit of a Chekhov's gun yes. feature at this point right it's it's there so something's going to be done with it <laughs> yeah it seems like it's going to be a major sort of plot hook in a way next either next part or maybe next book i don't know but it seems to be probably next part because it seems to be um more this time is important right you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's it's but yeah it feels like this is uh, an interesting aspect of what the Legonkali experience when they have siblings mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't much described i don't remember do we have that nikanj or Chitaya had siblings um, was it described before? I, I don't think we heard anything about Chitaya. Uh, Nikanj, I think, well, Nikanj is a little different because um, it's a new loy, right? Uh, so yeah. I, I think the the sibling thing seems to be primarily focused on the, the male-female uh, sib pairs. Um, actually, so, so presumably hmm. that would be um, Chitaya and uh, Ahajas, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, we don't really have much of their... Um, bond per se i suppose because they're already adult mm, okay yeah 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 hold on was chitaya and uh, uh what, 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 sorry what was the name of his wife it's ahajus right the sister ahajus uh, was it a hmm? really yeah because the the brother and sisters are the like the parents and then the they have a new lawyer right that's the is that another relationship? Yeah. Uh, no, hold on. Dichan. Achjas and Dichan. Oh, yeah, Dichan. Were... Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, yeah. I'm thinking of um, yeah, the, the different group. Yeah. Uh, Shtaya's... Yeah, that's what, that's what I was saying. Yeah, sorry. it's and Dichan and Shtaya's with... Um... Oh, God, what, what was, was her name? The other... Yeah, I, for, I forget the... 
because it was um Steyer, it was long ago a long time ago Steyer, in the book one. Kariat, and then um yeah the other one in that tri- triplet uh, i can't remember what the yeah but they were siblings right yeah, yeah. so that that's I bet that's the that's the right, typical okay. pattern isn't it it's the the siblings of the yeah. uh, the the parents and the uh with the new loy mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so but anyway i just thought that this this is like the emphasis on it is gonna be a major hook later on and it's it's um an interesting aspect and i wonder if i bet this next part's gonna be about more about akin trying to bond with his sister and it but in a way it feels like this is also a major plot hook for a lot of like situations where like you know siblings and they get separated and then you know stuff like that and they're, they're trying to find each other and stuff like that so it feels like th- it's aiming towards there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely feels like this uh, something they want to develop uh, in, yeah. in that, uh, that line of thought. Mm. Once he, once Akin straightened and oriented himself, he took his face in her hands and asked if everything was okay. Although he said yes, um, he didn't really explain further initially. Um, Tate proceeded to tell him that she got a lecture about spoiling him during the breakfast and that's when Akin told her that it's too late for him to bond explain to him what, what what was wrong with him that it's too late for him to bond and he himself wasn't sure of his own answer about what's really happening with him he felt lonely but that didn't really encompass what he was feeling the bond between Amashka really disturbed him in one way or another mm-hmm. yeah. or, kind of, or um... give him the feel of what he would have yeah, yeah I saw what he was missing. what he's missing yeah. yeah um Tate didn't ask about girls and although Akin didn't answer Tate knew immediately what the truth was you know as she was getting up Akin told her to wait and told her about what Nessie the psychopath was planning to do you know getting girls drunk although according to Akin the alcohol would either go either be immediately vomited uh, out or go through their urinary system and then cut their tentacles off. And this is interesting, right? Because, like, it, it seems that constructs, he said that, oh, actually, it doesn't affect constructs and Onkali the same way as it does humans, because it's not really poisonous. Well, I mean, it's not really true because it is poisonous, but um, in moderate concentrations, it's, you know, it's still accepted in the body, but it is a poison. Mm. And that the fact that they can just either vomit it out, so, I mean, like, that's usually the usual too much alcohol, you vomit it mm. out, or peed out yeah but the the uh, the urinary thing is a bit interesting because it's not um i mean like, you, you will pass alcohol in urine if you have it in your blood because you know, it, it's a small enough molecule that it'll get through the um the gaps in the uh, glomerulus yes. uh, and then it won't be reuptaken because the the uh, reuptake from urine is through aquaporins which are incredibly selective water specific channels mm-hmm. um but normally speaking, though, most of the alcohol is processed in the liver through um, you know, yes. like an alcohol, um, yeah, it's alcohol dehydrogenase, I think is the first enzyme in that pathway, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it goes from uh, ethanol to acetaldehyde to acetic acid. But that's the that's the usual pathway, the dominant one. Although, um, like, so for example, if, if people are doing um, tests for to detect um, alcohol consumption in urine. They're not normally looking directly for alcohol, but rather for uh-huh. ethyl glucuronide, which is okay. a kind of side product. So instead of going to the, the first enzyme in the uh, the alcohol 
metabolism pathway. pathway. There's a there's a mm. side there's a couple of side paths, and one of them is this uh, glucuronidation, uh, which is a very low frequency. It's like 0.1 percent of the alcohol or something gets uh, the UDP uh, uh, um, glucuron yeah, glucuronosyl transferase. This is a bit of a tricky one to pronounce. Um, mm-hmm. That that adds this to glucuronic glucuronic acid to the um, to the alcohol, uh, and that um, what's the abbreviation of that? The the, the ethyl glucuronide um, ETG or something like that. That's what they actually do the mm-hmm. the detection for. Um, right. So depending on the amount of the of it in urine, they can tell they can extrapolate the concentration of alcohol that was uh, at least that was consumed or in the blood in the blood. Yeah, it's more of a presence test. I think that they're not great at estimating amounts. Um, it's quite it's quite oh, okay, sensitive. Okay. Um, but yeah, right. Yeah. It's uh, uh, yeah, but I, I thought it was a little interesting that they that, that that's how they detect it. So the alcohol itself must be a relatively low uh, concentration component of this. So, like for the most part, it seems like alcohol is very efficiently digested and broken down. There's not all that much mm-hmm. of it circulating to end up being pushed out through the urine. Unless you don't have the gene for the dehydrogenase, and then yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what's the what's the purpose of that molecule you're just saying? I'm not gonna try to name it because I need to first of all see it written down. <laughs> the glucuronide, no, the stuff. Um, yeah, that's. Um, um, I'm not t- it seems like there's a, a few. Um, I think it's sort of, it's not like a main product. It's not uh, the the alcohol byproduct is not a kind of particularly mm-hmm. useful one. I think the the glucuronosylation or, or uh, is there's something else that's is used for other. Um, other stuff, biosynthesis of certain um, hormones for transport. Okay. I think I think the glucuronic acid increases water solubility, so it's a, a, a right. molecule that's added to some stuff to to make it easier to transport yeah. in blood. Um, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Huh. Interesting. Mm. But yeah, but the fact that that it can go so quickly, um, like literally they will pee it immediately. It seems like they can force the body to bypass the, let's say, the normal digestive system and just go straight to you, uh, the bladder and just off you go. Yeah, they, they, whatever they're doing the is, is very uh, efficient at uh, getting large volumes of alcohol out. Um, and Well, of course, the, the problem with sort of doing it via, like if it was a human urinary system, is like you could, you'd have to send quite a lot of alcohol volume through the blood undigested, which might cause problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, there were cases of people having a lot of alcohol in the blood mm. and it's still surviving, but... Yeah, so it, not recommended. It, it messes with the osmolarity <laughs> of all kinds of stuff, right? You have, a, yeah, and, and it dries stuff out because it can, uh, you know, it can end up in places where there's supposed to be water because it's quite similar in structure to water in terms of its yeah. electrical charge and so on. So, it, it, yeah, it, it it can make kind of a mess. But yeah, it's it's interesting the fact that they can immediately bypass. I feel like we look at the oncology the construct in two. Sometimes in a too, in a way, realistic way, Richard. Like you know, because we try to put in like, um, it's the same with like the oxy- like the breathing right underwater. Like that they they can, for example, connect their like blood system. Let's say we speculated it's that's probably better way to, to deal with the oxygen mm-hmm. deprivation than, um, uh, for example, creating a hole 
somewhere in their body that will divert the oxygen or something. But I feel like at this point, it might be the case that they can somehow isolate the alcohol and direct it straight away outside. Um, yeah, well, um, I, I, I don't know how um, how exactly it is they, they would do that um, physically speaking, right? They, they still, need a, yeah. still need a way of chemically separating out the alcohol from whatever else they're ingesting yeah. and so on. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the uh, excessive realism <laughs> is kind of the point. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, but like, I absolutely, yeah, I, obviously it's probably, but I just always think that like, in some cases it feels like Octavia Butler, though it, she's really good at it, but sometimes it feels like she took the step a bit too far, you know what I mean? She usually gets close, but sometimes it's just like, mm, yeah, I mean, the, the, can't really the, come up with the, 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 the there's a, there's, there's enough kind of hand waving in, mo- in a couple of these things where I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, it's fine. Right? You know? uh, <laughs> hand waving. Exactly. Okay. You can be sufficiently ambiguous in, in the way that you phrase it, that, it, that, uh, you know, there's a plausible, uh, a plausible mechanism in there somewhere, but it's, yeah. it's the, uh, the being outright wrong. That's the, uh, the stuff that, uh, yeah <laughs> that occasionally uh you know rubs me the wrong way it's the whole uh the whole uh neil degrasse tyson and the, the sky over titanic thing right it's like yeah you got it wrong when you could easily have got it exactly right why <laughs> <laughs> no i i know what you mean but <laughs> yes okay um so let's continue after king told tate about this whole situation tate was really worried because moonshine was strong obviously we're talking about like 70 80 percent but i can tell her that it wouldn't hurt them in, in case Nessie did find them, but alas, she hasn't yet. And when Tate asked him, "How do you know this?" Like Akin tells her, "Like, oh, actually, I heard Nessie asking people around the whereabouts of the girls, you know, outside." Hello, Akin. Uh, hearing, we for- mm. I forgot. You know, we can forget easily about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tate then tells uh, told him that you know they would have stopped uh, stopped her, but I can, you know, counters that with, like, you know, she would keep trying, like, it's it's not, and even though there are more people against her, at some point, somebody would follow her and do what she wanted, so it's, mm. you know, we've got the example, like, those two um, pe- people from the previous chapter uh, discussing, so I'm sure that eventually someone would literally do, just get it done. Yeah, it's just a, a matter of time before, before someone, yeah. uh, someone capitulated. No. Um, Tate got really agitated at this point saying that they would spend days trying to find the girls and something could happen to them in the meantime you know for example they could die mm. but King tells her no no he wouldn't mm. like he wouldn't die nothing would happen to him so why would anything happen to them mm. that stopped Tate in her tracks and made her ask if Akin could get home on his own to which he tell, tells her that like yeah actually if no human stopped me then mm. yeah I could mm-hmm. Tate then asked him, like, if humans uh, would try to stop the girls, and uh, Akin responded, like, you know, girls were already enough, afraid enough Mm. to sting. And he's an excerpt from the book. Oh, God, what if someone were going to cut your eyes out and you had a gun? I thought the new species was supposed to be above that kind of thing. They're afraid. They only want to go home. They don't want to be cut. I mean, you know, no matter how peaceful you are, like, still, in a self-defense, yep. you'll do anything yep, I, to prevent you getting harmed. I think it's it's interesting here because, uh, again, we have the situation where, where Tate and the humans are kind of underestimating the contracts a little bit or, or modeling them more as, as human children, uh, when, in fact, yeah. they're in a kind of a lot more um, autonomous and, uh, and are able to look after themselves. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the prospect of encountering the... 
scared of unkali children and their capacity to to kill if threatened is a a problem uh, for the humans. No, to be, but yeah, I mean to be fair, like you know, it's Nikan said in the first book that they have uh, sorry, Chitaya said mm. and they have a, at the very beginning of the book mm. one that you know they do have this uh, stinging. Uh, that you know, if if anything came in, you know, if anything um, put them in danger, they could use it. So mm. it doesn't mean that the construct wouldn't be also equally, even though um, they're supposed to be less human, having this this like genetic um, contradictions within them removed, but still being able to protect themselves. Yep, I mean, if they have the sting, then uh, the the reflex for self defense is. Uh... Like it's just just a a biologically good sense thing to have, right? Yeah, um, honestly. And I think the um the males and females are uh, can only sting lethally, right? It's only the Uloi that have the uh, yeah that can paralyze. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, Uloi are awesome. <laughs> like you can do genetic engineering within any uh, organism, and then you know, like oh. I'm gonna stab you. Ah, oh, good stab, but ah, uh, you're gonna die or you're gonna not gonna die. Like you know, <laughs> ha, psych man, you're gonna get paralyzed for for the time being. Yeah, they are. Uh, the Uloi definitely, I think, the um, the most interesting component of the whole uh, Owen Carly biology, and they seem almost yeah. like um, uh, almost like a uh, uh, kind of a, a symbiote that kind of became part of the. Uh, Owen Carly biology, mm. right? They seem like they're not fully a, uh, uh, you know, you've got the kind of conventional sexual reproduction stuff that could go on with the males yeah. and females, and you've got this extra thing kind of tacked on that does this genetic it, engineering. It does work. sound like it, doesn't it? Mm. Because I mean, in a way, um, it feels like they're obviously they're male and female, so they should could be able to reproduce. And then at some point, an Oloi evolved that was capable of modifying the genetics that you know allowed them to do whatever they wanted like you know yeah i want to remove this gene or i want this child to have this and this so it's it sounds like they really are like a third addition at, that was added at some point hmm. Hmm. interesting theory um i wonder if there's anybody ever gonna be told a bit more about this in the books we'll have to find out and we'll have to find out um so yeah at this point, Tate tells Akin to get ready for breakfast because she can sense that a riot will start soon. And as Akin was getting ready, um, Tate asked him why was he not ta- what was he not taken, and to which he responds is like, "I'm well, I'm too small, and like you know, he couldn't work with them as the as um, you know as they can work with each other." And you know, Tate asked them like you know a rhetorical question, like you wanted to go, only to be welcomed by silence and say something you know ridiculous. And I wonder why the hell your people don't come for you. She said, "You must know better than I to what they're putting you through." To which amazed Akin responds, "What the, what they are putting me through?" I mean, like, yeah, it's like she seems to be really uh, uh, pushing the responsibility for the situation off onto someone else here. Very human pushed responsibility to something, someone else, you know. Mm. Uh, although, I mean, the Iron Carly do technically uh, have the power here in many ways, right? It's a. Uh, yeah. Uh, if they, I mean, it's interesting how that kind of follows on from, from um, Akeen just uh, observing that he could 
in theory make it back home if he wasn't intercepted by other humans yeah and uh you know it feels like there's a uh you know tate's kind of uh remembering um how uh how sort of asymmetric their situation with it was uh, yeah. their situation is with the on carly um but do remind me later mm-hmm. um, about this um, conversation because it w- in next chapter when we discuss it, there's something interesting that comes up, mm-hmm. and um, it, it 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 sort of matches back to what Akin was saying and what his conclusions were because it's very important that um, I think for later on chapters, but uh, at least that's my assumption. Okay, but yeah. Well, uh, just remind me because I might forget after we uh, do the chapter nineteen. Um, remind you, sorry, of uh, Tate's uh, the, about uh, yeah, Tate's saying about mm-hmm. you know what they're putting through and you know like why didn't they collect him? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah, because we, we had, had so, yeah. we have had this whole conversation about you know are the Owen deliberately yeah. placing him here? Uh, yeah. yeah, and that I th- that's being and that is being raised later on. Mm. And chapter 19. But anyway, so the conversation moves on to the point about Onkali forcing humans to you know what they are, like to, to, to you know, um, not being able to have children. It says that they should allow them to live their way while Donkali live their own. But Keen tells her that the humans would attack them at some point the same way humans fight each other. At this point, um, Tate finishes the conversation saying that the people will be here at the moment. And at the moment she says that, Macy Wilton and Nessie Roybal appear. The first question is if they saw the girls and to which Tate tells them no. Um, Nessie then asks Akin what made him sick and uh, um, hear an excerpt from a book. I heard you were sick, Akin, Nessie said. I'm right now. What made you sick? He stared at her with quiet dislike, wondering what it might be safe to say. <laughs> Tate spoke up with uncharacteristic softness. He had a dream that upset him. A dream about his mother. Nessie raised an eyebrow skeptically. I didn't know they dreamed. Tate shook her head, smiled slightly. Nessie, why not? He's at least as human as you are. <laughs> yeah. So this is an interesting little uh, exchange, right? Because uh, Nessie's saying, like, I didn't know they dreamed very much, kind of, you know, and like the other type attitude, right? Like they, is, they're yeah. not human. Um, but at the same time, she has this. She wants to make them look more human. <laughs> it's like this. yeah, it's just the the contradiction is like it's it's serious because mm. you know obviously it's it's a blend of two different species. Yeah, and yet like you know it's they still have part of our you know of humanity in them. So why would you re- you know reject their humanity from them? Like it, it's you know it makes no sense. Yep. That as you said, the other, they are others still mm-hmm. in their eyes. Yeah, and it's uh, the, you know dreaming is is a fairly like f- that's a really fundamental component of uh, the neurology and and uh, of intelligent species, right? We we see this. Mm-hmm. In, so we talked a couple of episodes ago about cephalopods, right? Cephalopods yeah. have REM sleep; they dream in all likelihood. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. so, and it's a it's a very universal feature, despite like they diverged from us, you know, all these millions of years ago. But they still, uh, yeah. and, you know, convergently re-evolved some of the higher, uh, uh, like neurological functions. But the that's a highly conserved thing that goes all the way uh, way back to kind of presumably some feature of neurons that uh, causes them, when in complicated systems, to be uh, to require some sleep. Yeah, it seems like uh, it seems like it's required for um, regeneration of the 
neurons are at least maintenance of their of their function mm. right and um, um if i remember correctly like dreaming i might be wrong in here because this is some information i might have read during university time so it's years ago but dreaming is important to also like consolidate the uh, newly learned things like the sleep and to to make sure that the bonds um are strong like uh, of what we've learned mm, memory uh, rehearsal on the day i think is a yeah. thing that, um uh it takes place in sleep so that like uh newly formed pathways end up kind of being uh reactivated in sequence so you know mm -hmm. if, you, if you train some activity uh during the day then when you go to sleep or take a nap then those same pathways uh, are reinforced when you sleep yeah if i'm remembering correctly yeah. from uh, i think i read about this uh in um a slightly more popular science context uh the book was uh why we sleep by matt walker i want to say it sounds uh, it's it but the thing is you might have i i've i've read it some from other source i think mm -hmm. and i think the same information was repeated so yeah, it yeah. could be the you know it could be the case that you no know, it's based on some sort of it's some study mm. um, oh yeah yeah i think it's uh and, and most of the stuff in that book is 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 based on um uh, he's doing a, a, a kind of popularization review of the academic mm -hmm. literature although there are, he has he's got a few critiques if i remember correctly from uh some sleep researchers for kind of uh um perhaps being a little overly dramatic on some of the health benefits of uh, of sleep and some of the risk reduction for things like uh, alzheimer's and stuff but uh yeah there's the, i think still some scope for for academic disagreement but yeah he might he might have been yeah a little bit hyperbolic on a couple of points but but is it generally speaking it's a it's a good book mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah that whole conversation um makes nessie to draw back mm. from tate and ask her you know uh ah, yes. you know say she's like oh and then she's you know she, tate should be helping find girls but tate tells her that maybe someone followed nessie's advice and cut off their tentacles that made Macy freeze in place, and as you know, respond to Tate is like, "Oh, now you have a weird sense of humor." To which Tate tells her that she simply <laughs> does; she has no sense of humor with anything concerning her. Macy, yeah. <laughs> mm. Oof. Yeah, and I, I, the the end of the last quote you read actually, I was going to point out, there's this kind of "he's at least as human as you are" feels like um, a bit of a backhanded. Uh, <laughs> slights on, on Nessie, right? Because the like, you know Tate knows that uh, in in some sense Akeem's not fully human. <laughs> He's mixed of yeah. Kali, and I think that's a uh, you know Nessie, you're you're not fully human either. <laughs> kind of a. Uh, uh... To be fair, I mean honestly, mm -hmm. anybody who has this like I, I don't know like just the whole idea is like one not treating you can tell from the conversations like she's not really treating the kids as kids as mm. human kids yeah. and yet she wants them to look like human kids so that at least they can pretend they're human but she knows that's not that it's gonna happen but she's willing to go as far as mutilating them yeah just to fulfill to fulfill her fantasy and it's just yeah, says, yeah take this lady away from kids yeah. away from any kids <laughs> this is the, one of the things I really love about um, Octavia Butler's writing is is the the characters are all really psychologically complex um, and I think yeah. like quite realistic because uh, this kind of like uh, bizarre contradiction and the, it's, so on it, it, it's 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 very human right you <laughs> absolutely yeah it's, uh, it's, it's well done and even yeah. some of the relatively minor characters have quite, uh, you know, they're quite well characterized in that regard. You you see their uh, 
uh, you see their contradictions. Uh, yeah, in... they don't fall. She doesn't make tropes or like using use tropes of characters. Mm. They actually do feel like if you met them, you'd be like, yeah, this is like a you know a typical yeah. person you meet on the street. And they're they're, they're and... well individuated, right? They they each have mm-hmm. an, an, a particular set of of, uh, sort of personality quirks that, uh, that you know they're all quite unique. Uh, I still, still, you know, I, like you know, do you remember in book? Uh, was it book one? Yeah, book one at the end, when uh, one of those guys, when uh, Lilith was training the, like, you know, waking up those people in mm-hmm. the prison, and one of the people jumped into the cupboard where the food was appearing mm-hmm. and never appeared again. That's like typical student-like attitude, you know, like, let's just, you know, let's get drunk and do something stupid like that. I can tell I've met people like that and I'm including myself in those people <laughs> that would do something stupid like this. Yeah. At no. least at, the, at those times. No, it it, it uh, you know, captures the, the variation in, in human personality types. No. And also um, for kind of the, I mean, for the most part, the, even the, the you know the bad characters or the, the characters who are you know, bad in quotes the, the characters who are uh, currently um, you know, acting in, in opposition to the characters that we're uh, having yes, some affinity we've for root for yeah yeah uh, <laughs> even they are uh, usually have some kind of complexity to them right that's usually not completely yeah. black and white uh, I mean like you get the impression that some of them are definitely kind of an ass um, like you know kind of, yeah. <laughs> <Copy up. laughs> yeah yeah. Um, and and Nessie, but uh, yeah, you, you also see human aspects to them, and we get you know flaws in our, our protagonists as well. So it's a uh, no, no, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you know, as much as we talk crap about Nessie, I mean, I get her. Mm-hmm. I get why she's just desperate because all of the humans are desperate mm. for being able to do something for what they um, always had the possibility for you know to do right to yeah. have children to and i mean biologically we like you know at the very basic of biology you know it's just we are a dna production machines and we just want to have our dna you know transferred further down the you know line that that's basically it so it's it makes sense that we need that hmm. um even you know as much as you hate you would hate children and whatever you you find yourself like i don't want to ever ever have children that's understandable but it's still like vast you know like vast majority of population needs that sort of continuation of um of the bloodline it's, it's, if i can say that like that way mm-hmm. but yeah it's 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 you know, I I understand her. I feel for her, but at the same time, the way she acts is just absolutely above the borderline of you know psychology. She's just got. She went too far down the down the dip. Yep, she's, of insanity. She's horrible, but like realistically so, and for understandable reasons. Yes, yes, <laughs> and that and I think that makes you hate her more. Yeah, because you know where, and then it still is just like, come on, lady. It's like, it's 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 the petty evil. Right, that people hate more than the evil, evil like you no, know, the Dolores Umbridge and Voldemort and Harry Potter. Voldemort, yeah, he's the ep- epitome of evil, but everybody hates Umbridge because she's just that petty little evil that we all know. Mm. So, well, although I think, I mean, some in, in some sense, the the characters in in uh, Octavius' work, I think, feel oftentimes they feel a bit more. Uh, redeemable given the right circumstances right yeah you feel like yeah. if, if you could sit this person down and have the good talking to uh in you know given the right circumstances you might be able to uh have them be uh, not 
this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's the thing, it's it most, and I think this is more, that's why it's so infuriating in some cases hmm. that, you know, like you can tell that if you literally sat down with this person few times, like having a proper session therapy, a mm. uh, few sessions, you could tell that, you know, like, maybe you could bring that person back to the light side, but... Mm -hmm. But again, this is, this is I think, uh, very much realistic, right? Uh, most people are, you know, they have this kind of, you know, they have, they have very human motivations, and given the right set of circumstances, they, they can be uh, in a more, more in a productive and, and, and useful and less... Uh, yeah, uh, toxic and problematic for for the society yeah. in which they live. No, yeah. whenever I think about that kind of thing, I always come back to. Um, I've probably mentioned it before. Uh, the uh, mm -hmm. Daryl Davis, the um, the black jazz musician who goes and talks to uh, like K -K 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 uh, members. Yeah, the, yeah. There's that great yeah. documentary with him, uh, Accidental Courtesy. Uh, but yeah, that's the uh, he, he the the way that he approaches it is just. Uh, it's great, right? Because he just he humanizes himself to them until they can't deal with the cognitive dissonance of the fact that they hate black people, and there's this guy who's their who's their friend who they respect, who's a black guy. It's yeah. like it's just, yeah. like, just bang that the cognitive dissonance hard enough that they go, okay, this just doesn't make any sense. It's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of great. Yeah, I think it is something that you know she she does a great job about the characters and mm. really makes makes you like. Yeah. You could understand them, you hate them, but you understand them, and that's what makes it worse, I think. You, you can't really separate yourself from them because you know why they do it. Hmm. You understand it. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, let's finish, I guess, finish off the chapter because we're, we're almost done with it. Mm -hmm. um, Tate then tells Macy about what Nessie was saying and you know last night and made Nessie to admit to it. And Nessie tells her she won't deny it and that the girls would look better without those tentacles. And Tate responds to her, just as much better off you as you would be without your eyes. And the chapter ends here with Akin surprised how well Tate solved the situation by putting the blame where it belongs and then going to search for the girls while Akin is staying with some salvager who cannot, could not walk with because of his injury. Mm. That's where they ended. Um, but yeah, well done to Tate with solving the situation and putting where the blame was. Yeah, and Nessie didn't do a particularly great job of recruiting broadly among the uh, no. <laughs> among the group, and they were kind of generally horrified at the uh, at the suggestion. Uh, yeah, so that uh, that worked out, I think. <laughs> it's just ah, uh, oof, honestly. So yeah, I mean, like my prediction for the chapter nineteen was that like yeah, the girls will not be found because if they don't want to be found, and especially how well they can survive together because they were older than Akin, hmm. the there's no chance they're gonna find those girls, and I was hoping that in a way Nessie's gonna get punished for her behavior, but unfortunately, nothing much was really, nothing really happened to her. Hmm. I I missed on that, and it's like no, she is, she just probably got an earful, and people were pissed off with her, but eventually she just you know, go home and um, not speak to a few people for to people for a few weeks, and then everything will go back to normal. Yeah, I'm just kind of a social sanction type deal. Yeah. <laughs> to, 
Yeah, and we kind of discussed last episode, there's not really any kind of formal justice arrangement in the society. It's just yeah. too small and, and too informally organized to, to have that as a... I mean, to be fair, like, if you applied the laws here, like, she was planning to do something, but doesn't mean she actually did anything. And of course, the girls were lost, uh, no, the escaped. So mm-hmm. how would you even punish this, right? Like, there's no really... Um any law for that except for like yeah you're an asshole and nobody said people stop talking to you but yeah that's it right mm, yeah and then and they're kind of you know they're all kind of guilty of kidnapping in in some sense but they but yeah i it, mean it, except it, for except that, that you know yeah uh, and yeah presumably whatever legal system they came up with would have uh, some exemption that would uh, not treat kidnapping Owen Carly as kidnapping I, I, don't, I don't know I mean if, the, the, if they didn't kidnap technically somebody else did and they just traded them then you know it's human it's good. trafficking uh, yeah well, basically but, yeah although you know they're not, not like fully human so yeah but I mean good old human trafficking everybody's <laughs> her favorite uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do realize that people Lord. sometimes clip things out of context right oh my <laughs> I for I keep forgetting about this, you know, <laughs> like that. Whatever you put on the internet, it stays on the internet forever. Uh, I mean, I hope there's enough sarcasm in my voice in uh, in that. Oh yeah, that, yeah. You know, I think that's clear enough. Yeah, but uh, it was. Um, have you ever listened to the Very Bad Wizards podcast? No, no. Tell it's me. a it's a philosopher and a psychologist, and for years there was a Twitter account that was uh, VBW Very Bad Wizards out of context. That just that just <laughs> clipped what they said <laughs> out of context, and it was always just like the most horrendous stuff. It's just like it's like, oh like anti-Semitic jokes and all kinds of terrible things. Because uh, oh, yeah, no. it was just yeah, uh, just like the the worst possible context in which you could present what they what they were saying, and uh, it was yeah, it was always <laughs> like wow, yeah, you would be immediately cancelled. <laughs> I, I I know I know, but like. It, <laughs> this is the thing like you can take so much stuff out of context and i did say a lot of stuff in the last 40 episodes oh yeah yeah or more yeah. Me too. Me i too. said enough that you could probably like i don't know i'd have to be buried in a ditch somewhere just like to uh to hide from all of the embarrassment of what things i've said but hey <laughs> uh, uh plus the um we, we now have enough training data out there for the the deep fake people to completely oh, yeah, fake everything that uh everything we sure. say in in uh, <laughs> In calls, right? Well, so, so if you get a yeah. call from us out, out of the blue, then <laughs> it's not us. <laughs> it's not us. It really is not us. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. We are uh, immediately on this recording. We're saying we take complete no responsibility for anything that happens because we would never contact people. <laughs> I'm as antisocial as it comes, and I'm not gonna talk to people. I just generally don't respond to phone calls unless I know somebody or so I am expecting the phone call. Yeah, these days, pretty much. I would Google the phone number first. Mm-hmm. Damn it! Oof. Oof. But uh, yeah, we, we, to... we became sidetracked again. <laughs> yes, yes. So, <clears throat> chapter nineteen. Um, as I predicted, the girls were not found. Um, you know, people were speculating maybe they were going to other resistor villages or safe in the trade or on some trade villages, but most people believed that the girls were dead. I mean, you know, obviously young, the, the eight girls of their age, you know. How could they survive on their own? Hmm. Um, most resistors blamed, um, rightfully so, Nessie for what, uh, what happened, although no punishment um, reached her. 
Um, Nessie left Akin alone, which you know made Akin happy. But she started planting the idea of him being she that he should be honest, uh, under constant watch uh, um, by everyone. You know, she wanted him basically under twenty four seven surveillance and be harnessed and tied outside the ca- uh, cabins when everyone was too busy to to watch him. <laughs> Oof, my dear God. <laughs> Um, of course, Akin would not stand for it and try everything to break free and escape. Um, he would not stay with people who, tie, you know, who tried to tie him, mm-hmm. uh, tie him up. But you know, it never happened. Likely, he was watched more carefully, but nothing else. Eventually, Nessie left with a group of salvages, you know, going home who were taking all their salvage items with them, and the group took also the two guns with them um, back to the, to the village. Um, there was a general agreement between the people of the Phoenix need, that they need to start manufacturing guns. Tate was against it, and Yori, the doctor, threatened that she would move to another village if they did. But nevertheless, the decision was made to start making guns. The reason was too many raiders have guns now, and they need to protect themselves because at some point someone will try to call, you know, to raid them instead of coming for a um, honest trading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it, 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 it it's uh, difficult to it makes sense avoid that. that. Yeah, yeah, it makes it makes sense, right? It, the moment somebody makes a gun, I mean, like you know, a bow is a hunting weapon, and like the sword was, I think, the first weapon as such that was made for purposely to fight, right? Because everything, spear, a bow, yeah, yeah, humans mm. talking about humans, um, spears, bows were initially used for hunting. And then, obviously, the more efficient guns just made everything, you know, less personal, as, you know, later on Tate talks about it. But yeah, um, it's, but yeah. it's, it's an arms race situation, right? I mean, if you've got yeah. raiding gangs, you know, around the area trying to rob places, then, like, you have to kind of step up in the same way or you're... You, Absolutely. You just lose, you lose all your resources, right? It's... Uh, yeah. And your life, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Tate couldn't sleep several nights after the decision was made. Um, Akin tried to comfort, comfort her and talk to her. He asked her one night if raiders would begin raiding them um, like they do for the trade villages, lol. Um, to which Tate tells him that probably because they've tried to steal their women and metal before. But Phoenix is strong because there's a lot of people in the village and a lot of them were willing to fight. Um, Akin then asks her if having guns is really that bad of an idea, to which Tate asks him what does he think. And this is a excerpt from the book. I don't know. I like a lot of people in Phoenix, and I remember what raiders did to Tino. They didn't have to. They just did it. Later, though, while I was with them, they didn't really seem... I don't know. Most of the time, they were like the men in Phoenix. So it was like... Hmm. I, in his eyes, obviously, those men were just like, yeah, they killed a the man, but it never really occurred to the man that Te- uh, like Tino was a human, right? Like It was just like... Like killing a snake, basically, like how Akin described it when the whole situation took place. Mm-hmm. Tate tells him then they probably came from the place like Phoenix, but got sick of their pointless existence. It would be different if they had children, children like him. Akin asks her why she's so afraid of guns, and Tate tells him that they make killings too easy, too impersonal. Um, obviously, Tate loves it when it's you know, when she looks straight into eyes of their victim with the sword penetrating her. You know, the gut is just like mm, that visceral feeling. Oh, Tate, wonderful! <laughs> yeah, that's a, I like to watch the light go out. <laughs> <laughs> another, another clip out of this. Now, Richard, yes, yes, I'm not the only one. I'm I'm quoting the boys. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Eventually, they did. Uh, they will learn how to make better and better guns, and someday take on Don Kali, and that will be the end of them. I can ask her then what would she want instead? Not extinction. To have human kids. Akin tells her that she could have kids like Akin. And this is an excerpt from the book. No, I'm human like you and I know Kali like Ajis and Dichan. You don't understand. I'm trying to. Are you? She dashes his face. Why? I need to. It's part of me too. It concerns me too. Not really. Abruptly, he was angry. He hated her soft condensation. Then why am I here? Why are you here? You and Gabe would be down in Phoenix if it didn't concern me. I would be back in law. Onkali and human have done what human male and female used to do. Um, they, and they made me and Ama and Shkacht and they're no more extinct than you would be if you had kids with Gabe. Um, Tate turned away from him as much as he could and told him to sleep. But he couldn't sleep. He was thinking about what they talked about. Humans should have their own Agjai division. Why should it be so difficult? They could isolate the humans on an island to let them live the way they want. The problem was when the constructs were going to scatter into space, leave, they would leave the Earth in ruin. Obviously, the spaceships, um, just mm-hmm. remind the spaceships would eat the whole bio, uh, bio, um, uh, bioflora and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But maybe there were Onkali who spoke in the interest of humans. Maybe there would be a possibility to listen to humans, but because of their genetic flaws, they were not listened to. But Kin didn't have those flaws. He was the Onkali in the human. And a human. Maybe he could, you know, he bridged it. But mm-hmm. it was so far, but so far he wasn't even able to make Amman Shkacht understand. He didn't know enough yet and there is a need to help him learn to more. And that's where the chapter ends. Mm-hmm. And this is where I wanted to actually go back to um, earlier on mentioned, like, you know, mm-hmm. when um, Tate said, um, what was it? Um, I wonder what the hell people, you know, didn't come for you. They might know better than you what put uh, what they're putting you through and like what they're, right, they're right. putting you through. So the whole idea is that, you know, Akin realizes finally, like, it, it, I, and we, I think, agree is that his job is to learn about the humans. Hmm. Like, this is... Yeah. I think the Onkali realized the problem and, you know, the fact that, you know, humans are making guns and eventually they will kill each, uh, you know, kill each other or ki- try to kill the Onkali and then end up with, uh, well, big problem, basically going extinct. And that's why they need Akin to learn. Hmm. Yeah, um, I think this is... Um... And we discussed before. We're not quite sure how um, how representative this this trade with the humans is of their previous trades, um, mm-hmm. and that this one is might be in some ways unusual because of the degree of intelligence of the humans and the the kind of somewhat involuntary manner in which it's it's taking place with them being kind of rescued from a nuclear apocalypse. And yeah, it so that that kind of uh, imbalance means that this might not be unfolding in the way that it would perhaps uh, under different circumstances. So the the um, the approach the Orancali is taking might be mm-hmm. more like forceful or overbearing in some sense in in, in this scenario than it would be perhaps in others. Uh, and so the the importance of the the function that Akeen has here as being kind of an intermediary and a, a bridge between the human side and the Orancali side is is uh, more important in some ways in this circumstance. Yeah. Mm. You know what? I think um, because we mentioned earlier that the Onkali said that humans are the first as intelligent species they are doing the trade with as mm. so far. Mm. And I have this feeling that before Onkali, let's say they met, no, like there were plants and animals that they were not like as intelligent in a way. And the Onkali basically assimilated them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't leave any IJ division then. They just did it because they, you know, that was the trade in their language. Although the trade is probably not the correct word to use it here. But mm-hmm. um, but now the humans being what they are indicates that the Onkali, I think, realized that they sort of need to change their ways. Yeah. But they yeah. can't change their ways by themselves. They need the bridge that create that they've created with the humans to be the um the the a credible voice for the human yes. side of the case, right? Uh, yes, that, that yes, can, yes. That can communicate in, in, in both languages as it were. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. That's basically as Kaguya said that you know Lilith will not understand them, but her children will. And I think that's the that's the, that's what they need. That they need that it's time for the for the constructs for people like Akin to grow up and learn, and then realize that you know that there is there's need to be change in Onkali. Mm-hmm. And the the thing with Lilith applies the other way around, right? They won't fully understand the humans, even though yes. they're perhaps a little uh, arrogant in the degree to which they currently think they understand the humans. That but that Absolutely. that applies in the in the other direction too. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like it's because on uh, I guess like yeah. So I think it's even though the Onkali can understand the genome of the humans, it's still maybe they don't realize how impo- how really affecting it is for yeah, they don't humans. they don't understand the, the the psychology and the culture yet. Yeah. Um. Even though they have some insight into it, and they're um. Like, yeah, they they have a, a partial understanding of it. Um. Even though, like, they you know, when they chose Lilith, for example, as the the leader of the cohort, right? They they clearly made mm-hmm. some fairly psychologically informed choices. They also made yeah. obvious blunders, uh, like the thing with with Titus and the whole uh, conflict that arose in the the first yeah. group, right? So it's there's, yeah. there's so many uh, like they're clearly missing stuff in, in their insights into human psychology absolutely. and culture. Hmm. Hmm. No, absolutely, I I agree, and um, and I think that's 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 what important. I and in my prediction, actually chapter prediction, that's what I wanted to mention because it links to it. Mm. I think this whole situation with the Nessie is finished, and we are about to reach another jump in time. Okay. And basically, where Akin is spending more time with the salvages and trying to learn about humans. I think this is like he's trying to learn more. To become the bridge between the unkind humans. That that's that's why I think it's like because we're almost finished with the chapter. It's chapter mm-hmm. twenty, mm-hmm. and I think there's five, four more chapters to do of Nip's part. If oh, I remember I correctly, I can't remember. And that. basically, you know, so we're almost finished with part. So I think Octavia Butler is gonna try to wrap up and make Akin learn as much as possible about the humans to for the next part hmm. okay. um, of the book. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, interesting. Uh, you're, you're predicting yep, yep, where the yep. uh, where the time skips might be. That's a, that's an interesting thing to try and do. Yeah, uh, I like that. It's just because earlier I couldn't tell at all, right? Mm-hmm. But now it sort of feels like this whole situation has reached the conclusion, and we have this sort of like, oh, you know, a king thinking about like, oh, I need to learn. And usually, when like if somebody says learn, that that means there's gonna some time passing, right? They, they are not going to nothing's gonna happen really at the salvage side, except for maybe you know like some uneventful event. So there has to be some mm-hmm. sort of time skip. Okay, okay. There's one other point I wanted to touch on before we uh, mm-hmm. wrap up. 
on the the point about the um, the kind of extinction or or not with the 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 mixing of the human and the Owen Carly. Yeah. And the, I mean, in some sense, the the human species is kind of technically going extinct in that mix in that mix because yes. they're they're being uh, you know there's no there's no kind of uh, uh, like unmixed human lineage uh, yes. arising from that situation. Um, and in the sense that, um, you know, if you take the kind of genes eye view of it, right, I mean, a lot of the genes from the human lineage are still surviving, but there are some mm-hmm. that are still going to go extinct in that mix. Or there are some yeah. like, uh, complexes of genes that have mutually complementary functions that will mm-hmm. be uh, that will be uh, lost or separated in that mix, right? So mm-hmm. there's still kind of a... Uh, like the the aversion still kind of makes sense in like an evo like kind of framing, right? The yeah part parts of those genetics uh, will uh, go extinct, even though parts of them will will continue on. Mm-hmm. Sorry, so mm-hmm. you just want to raise the point, right? Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, you I were did, going did. to question. No, that, that was all really. I was just going to make that observation. <laughs> ah, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought the, uh, the nature of uh, the extinction. I was, I was expecting some question towards me. Um. Because uh, usually you ask me, what do I think about something? But yeah, I agree. It's um, the fact that it is interesting um, concept, right? When you think about it, because in a way humans are going extinct, but in realistically our genome is just being blended with another one. So there's a continuation of the genome. So but DNA is just going forward and DNA is like, yeah, I'm doing, you know, I'm happy with it. Uh, well, yeah. you know, from pure biological perspective, but like you know, everything else is just being basically diminished. Um, but for pure purely biological concept, it's just like yeah, it's nothing really changes. It's just continuation of the. Um, in a way, it's always improvement in a, in a way of the DNA. In some ways, yeah, but also the um, like the the kind of. Um existing alliances if you will between certain genes are being lost right so you almost certainly there'll be some stuff that will go to fixation in the new population and some stuff that will mm-hmm. go extinct from the human genome right there'll be stuff that is sure. and isn't used in the in the new blend it's uh my, my point was just kind of like like some of it's going extinct but uh the yeah. rest of it is is not so it's a, uh it, it still kind of makes sense from the perspective of um like if you think of the 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 genes is the thing that's interested in their self preservation um, and that shaping the psychology of their like shared host as it were and uh, as an yeah. organism doing the replicating then yeah. the um, the unity of that uh, package of genes going forward is something that you would want to be valuable to the organism if you're interested in preserving the interest of all the genes right and it mm-hmm. it, it needs to be uh, like for for the game theory of genes sharing a single like replicator to, to at the organismal level to make sense, they have to be in it as a group. To some degree, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm really curious. Like, I mean, we. <laughs> I was going to say something, but then I realized I would be uh, that's already been done. I was just talking about like you know splicing human genes and other. Of course, we've done this before, so mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I don't think Don Kali would have much problem with doing that. So because obviously they were doing that, but it's just curious, like what you could really, what do, what could you really push Don uh, QNM genome to? What the Don Kali, if the Don Kali wanted to, what could you make humans, you know, um, into like? Mm-hmm. 
because we know like Lilith super strength and then like maybe infrared eyesight or you know stuff like that yeah all kinds of cool uh, cool new features <laughs> yeah but I guess that's it for today's episode yeah I think uh, so. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We're Xenothesis. You can find all the places we upload our podcast on our website, xenothesis.com. I was Michael Glinka. I was Richard Axon. Bye-bye. Goodbye.